Again, can I just reaffirm? I hate both of you. Jimmy, I love you. I I love you. Rusty, I love you. I'm praying about it. Listeners, we love you. Did you, up the trees. Wait a second. You I can't run over this. Did you just like spit a hair out of your mouth or something before you started singing? No. I just I heard did. like a You kind of did. You spit something. Did you not realize it? It was a half cough, I think. <laughs> You're sitting on my bed. What is on my pillow now? That's what I want to know. I'm going to have to read 1 Corinthians 13 like 12 times. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one hour a week podcast, a 30 minute podcast about life and ministry. I am Rusty Mott here with the wonderful, inspirational, educational wow. Jared Hallyer. Hey, everybody. Rusty's a liar. I'm none of those things. I bathed you with praise, yeah. and you immediately come back like that. I'm, I'm so humble and self-deprecating. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, this is a special episode. By the time you'll be listening to it... It's a road show! We will be very comfortable sleeping in our beds again, but as it stands, this is going to be like the bajillionth night in a row that we have <laughs> not been in our beds. And i, I got to be honest, in the, the interest of just full disclosure, and because we love you, the wonderful one-hour-a-week listeners, I hate Jared right now. <laughs> We've been together for seven days. We... There's been a couple right? points in time where we no. didn't know if this podcast would still exist. Six days, and we've got two more to go. We are currently in a hotel room in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we'll get into all that, but we've been on a bus, in a church gym, in conference, together for six days with six other pastors, and we've got two more days to go. It's been nothing short of remarkable. Uh, Incredible. Beautiful. We have, in these six all the days, superlatives. experienced all the highs and lows of friendship. Yesterday, real talk, yesterday, uh, there was a point where I looked at the seven other guys and said, I hate all of you right now. I'm going to go be by myself for a little while. And I ate at a pita pit in Indianapolis alone, and it was the best thing I could have done yesterday. And he was down in the dumps, so he went and ate at a place that might actually make (laughs) him down in the dumps for several days. It was a literal dump. It was (laughs) a literal dump. Uh, I got real mad at one point and went out and ate out of a trash can, and it was better than the meal that he had. <laughs> it was so. better than Pita Pit. No offense. Pita Pit. Let's take a break to get a short word from our sponsor, Pita Pit. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, we are having a blast. It's been wonderful. We came up to do some ministry with the Miami Baptist Association, and Jared's going to talk a little bit about that here in a second. But not only did we come up to... Uh, pour out and do some ministry with our friends at the Miami Baptist Association in Kokomo, Indiana. But we also have been blessed to come Monday through Wednesday, and this was the last week for those of you listening on this day that we released this, uh, for the Gospel Coalition Conference. So we've had a wonderful time, and I'm just going to throw it over to Jared to kind of just give us a synopsis and some thoughts about our time here in Indiana. So Jared, take it away, man. Well, when we got on the bus last Thursday, we took two days to drive to Kokomo, Indiana, and serve the Miami Baptist Association. Our local, One of our local associations, the SNBA, the Sabine Natchez Baptist Area, uh, is three associations down in southeast Texas. We've partnered with the Miami Association. And so we came up here, uh, honestly, because we had planned on coming to the conference, and because of that existing partnership, we decided to try and set up a conference where we had the opportunity to preach. So that's what we did, the eight of us who were on this trip all Southeast Texas pastors, um, spent a Saturday kind of pouring into their leaders, not as experts, not as know-it-alls, but just encouraging those guys about discipleship, giving them some tools and some ideas that have worked in our churches. And more than that, 
we, we got to spend the day with them, had lunch with them, had a lot of good conversations, just encouraging each other. And it was a good day. Then Sunday morning, we all got up and kind of spread out around the area. I think the eight of us went to five different churches where we led music and preached to the congregations and, again, just had some some neat experiences. For us as some smaller congregations, I know that most of us come from churches that in southeast Texas are healthy size, probably average size of, you know, anywhere from 60 to 250 represented on our on our trip from the eight of us. But we were in a place where, for us, the congregations we served Sunday, I think, averaged closer to 20 to 30. And so it was a good experience for us to realize that you can have sweet fellowship and good worship in a strong, healthy church without having 300 people in the building. Yeah, and that's an encouraging thing because there are churches of all shapes and sizes in every area. In fact, Southern Baptist life, most churches are actually what would be considered small churches. So most small churches are not actually small churches. They're, they're average, average yeah. churches. So I know the congregation I served Sunday morning and got to preach to, I rode over to the church with Ken Freeland, who is the Miami Baptist area director. I'm not sure exactly what his title is, but that's his position. He oversees all the churches in the area. And at the end of the service, he just said to that congregation, this is one of his favorite churches in the area because they're this so sweet and kind and gracious and always have a, a wonderful service. And there were 22 people in the room, including me and Ken. And he was right, though. I mean, with 22 people in the room, it was we had communion. We sang hymns. There was you know, all the things you would expect to see in a regular church service. And the fellowship was just so sweet. And I don't know if that's because it was such a small church. They all knew each other so intimately. But, man, it was awesome. It was a good day for me. A really good day. I got to lead worship at Westside Baptist Church there in Kokomo, the church we stayed at, and hang out with their pastor and some of their leaders for lunch. It was just a wonderful time of ministry. We had a great time. But then on very little sleep, we loaded up the van and the trailer, and we hauled into Indianapolis, Indiana, country boys up in the city for a big conference where there are 8,500 people here learning about Jesus and being encouraged by the gospel, worshiping together. So it's been really good. Uh, we've had a wonderful, wonderful time, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And for me, I think the biggest takeaway from this weekend is just the stark contrast between what we experienced, this, or the size of the crowd, I should say, that we experienced on Saturday and Sunday. Even at the discipleship conference we led on Saturday, I think at the peak moment there were 24 people in the room, and then we preached to small congregations on Sunday, and then, like you said, we come here and there's over 8,000 people in a room. So for me, the biggest con the biggest takeaway is going to be that we're all in this together as Christians, different geographic areas and even sometimes different beliefs and certainly different worship styles and different congregation sizes. But the big takeaway for me is that we're all serving the same Jesus and saved by the same grace and trying to accomplish the same mission. We go about it differently and in different places and with different resources, but ultimately we're all working on the same kingdom. So it's been encouraging for me. It's been exhausting, but it's been a great weekend for that reason. It's been absolutely wonderful, and it's kind of had us thinking about some things, particularly outside of the, the fun ministry that we got to kind of pour out and be poured into. It's been really cool, but uh, and we joked about it earlier, but being able to spend eight days together has been a really exciting time, not something we want to do all the time, and I don't just say that for humor's sake, because we miss our families, and we have... Uh, stayed in contact with them, and we're ready to be home. And we've had our moments yeah. where we we're kind of rub each other, but I heard a guy say one time that when iron sharpens iron, there's going to be some sparks. 
Boom. So we've definitely proven that out in some... We started the few fires. Some <laughs> We didn't start the fire. It but, was always... Wait, let me finish. It was always burning since the so, world's been turning. So for me, when my takeaway from this entire week has mainly been the fact that I've got to spend some t- much-needed time with friends in the ministry. And I-, I wanted us to take just a few minutes, and we actually have a special guest that we're going to bring on here in just a few moments. But I wanted us to kind of take a moment to think about the importance of having friends and partners in ministry. I know that uh, for me, one of the most important things I have as a pastor is partners and friends that are in ministry in similar context to me and that can come alongside me and encourage me and help me. And it's been a great blessing to me to just spend a few days with you guys. Of course, we spend time together regularly outside of ridiculous trips like this. We get coffee with each other regularly, but we have other friends in ministry that are always there to support us and help us. And I wanted to just take a minute to say, why is it important for us to have friends in ministry? Why do we need friends in ministry? Why can't we do it alone? And what does that look like? So, Jared, do you have any thoughts on that? I think one of the biggest reasons we need people in ministry, friendships in ministry, is because there's a unique set of challenges and frustrations that come along with doing what we do. And we need some safe places that we can go and and vent and be honest and, and grumble and complain and have somebody listen to us and affirm us, but then also say, yeah, but your job's not that bad. You know, we one thing that I know we remind each other of often, even in our grumblings and complaining sometime when things don't go our way or we have a tough business meeting or a bad Sunday or whatever, is we remind each other, yeah, you know, we've been there. Yeah, that was a cruddy day or a bad situation. I'm sorry that happened to you. But we've got a great job. We get paid. We make a living and have insurance for our families and all these things by telling people about Jesus. We study the Word. We minister to people. We tell them about Jesus. And so I think it's good to have friends who are in ministry that can give us right perspective in those frustrating moments, um, encouragement when we need it. And it's a, again, it's a unique position we're in, and so I think it's good to have some some friendly voices in that same position we're in for those reasons. Last week you got to be the Baptist preacher with three points. Today I'm the Baptist preacher with three points. Do it. And this, all of these kind of are a part of everything you just said, but I think three specific reasons we need to have friends in ministry. First, fellowship. It's a biblical call for us to have fellowship. Now, you and I are very serious about this, and I've met many pastors who aren't, and this is probably a whole other episode worth of conversation, so it's not really the time to get into it, but... Uh, we are both of the opinion that you need to be have deep, abiding, real friendships with people in your church. We're not called to be separate and to be other from them. But as you said, there are unique and specific challenges that ministers face that only other ministers can understand. So um, it's important to have that kind of fellowship with other brothers and sisters who are in ministry. But yeah, and also- I want to give credit to a, a mutual friend of ours, one of the guys that's on this trip, Wes Smith, a couple months ago out of the blue, just called me up and invited me to lunch. And I hadn't talked to Wes in a while before this, but over that lunch, and I think we had Thai food, which was... That's disgusting. It was interesting. I'd do it again. I'd order something different. There was a lot of peanuts involved. I wouldn't do it again. That was surprising. We had a conversation at that lunch where Wes expressed this very thing that he has made sort of a New Year's resolution, I think if I remember the conversation correctly, where he's trying to be more intentional about friendships for those very reasons that... Friendships, like anything else, if we're not disciplined about it, it might slip away from us. And before you know it, it's been way too long since we've had a good conversation with a a brother in ministry. And so, you know, just credit to him for bringing that to my attention earlier this year, that we have to be intentional about picking up the phone, sending the text, 
setting up the lunch meetings, going and hanging out together. Intentional fellowship for sure. The second thing is just accountability. And again, like you said earlier, having someone who will be able to uh, speak truth to you that uh, sometimes others aren't bold enough to speak to you. Again, you need to have that in your church, but also the unique challenges in ministry. Sometimes it's helpful to have brothers and sisters who can say, I've been here, don't give up, don't do that. Uh, you know, you need to think about it in a different way. So it's important to have people who will hold you accountable, friends in your life. And then finally, partnership for the gospel. We mm. can do more with help. Yeah. Uh, this podcast would not be the same if it was the one hour a week podcast with Rusty or the one hour a week podcast with Jared. It'd probably be better. I was going to take that joke and then you did. So <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're just both so humble. So, so much humility. Uh, anyways, but partnering together for the sake of the gospel is such an important thing and it's a biblical principle, yeah. something we see all over God's word. So with that said, one hour a week podcast. Are you ready for <gasps> our first ever surprise special guest? Well, actually, is it a surprise? It's because a surprise. it's probably going to be advertised on the link that you click yeah. to listen to it. So it's not a surprise, but we are grateful to have with us today the director of missions of the Sabine Natchez Baptist area, the one and only, the right reverend, Jimmy Neal. Who? We don't have a sound effects guy, so uh, that makes it weird. Uh, Brother Jimmy is a good friend of ours and has been a friend of ours for a long time and has been at the Sabine Natchez Baptist area for a few months now and is settling in as the director of missions, and we are excited. I'm very excited. He's actually a member of my church. So oh, so you're his pastor. I'm his pastor. So if he gets out of line, you can rebuke him. That's exactly right. And it's only that, it's, With the authority that he has over, as, over me as pastor. It's only yeah. happened a few times, but I use that authority... Very little, because again, I'm just very humble. That is true. Uh, of all the people that I know that have humility, you tell me that you have the most, so that's true. <laughs> and just to clarify, in case folks don't understand this, Jimmy is not, you know, we joke about authority, but Jimmy isn't the Pope of our area. He doesn't He doesn't get to go around and tell churches what to do and how to do it. He's more of a, an overseer of our, our cooperation yeah. of area churches. I prefer archbishop or potentate or something, Cardinal. something that uh, you know. Pope sounds a little, you know, little little Roman Catholic, but uh, you know, I think that uh, you answered anything. Director of missions would be great, or just Jimmy, or hey, you, or uh, yeah, that would be great. Very cool, brother Jimmy. Tell us why it's important to partner with others for the ministry of the gospel. Well, obviously, the first thing is biblical mandate. You know, like you've, I think you've already said, the, the reality of uh, th there's an expectation to that we, you know, we're, we were never meant to do this alone. All of Paul's letters, you know, while he wrote to Timothy and he wrote to Titus, uh, even those letters were not in the process of thinking about church life, but even the, the connection of churches. Um, typically, especially when we get to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, those weren't just read in the Galatia or Ephesus or, or Colossae. They were, they were read uh, as a group of churches that were connected there. So the biblical mandate that we are uh, to partner together uh, all the way back to Acts 11 when the church at Antioch is asked to uh, send relief to the brothers in, in Judea. They were going through a famine, and so... There, there's work that needs to be done there. I'm sure that it's different from area to area, but 
obviously you know our area best. So when it comes to the SNBA, and then maybe you do have some knowledge about other associations and the way it works on other levels, but what would you say is the maybe the ratio or the percentage of the kind of work you do locally in church planning, church revitalization in our area versus the kind of resources that we send elsewhere, maybe taking people and resources from our area and sending it out to other places? What's the, the ratio or the percentage of of those two areas of ministry? Well, the reality is is that we, you know, the majority of the resources, uh, you know, our resources at the association level come from churches. Uh, we have 100 churches and three different associations that connect together. Uh, they send resources. Uh, 99% of the resources that they send to their association ends up at our Baptist area. And so uh, the other 1% uh, ends up at our partner with uh, East Texas Baptist Encampment. And uh, so the resources predominantly, uh, you know, some of that goes to salary, some of that goes to uh, the, the ministry resources here. But uh, the, always the hope is that we can send the most uh, resources to sending out. And whether that's uh, the missions that we're doing through Hispanic work, or we are in, in the midst of a church planning process uh, with various different things. And so we want to continue to have those resources in our area. We also have partnerships, which, as you mentioned, uh, partnership with Miami Baptist Association in Indiana. And uh, we're hoping to kind of broaden that maybe to the whole state of Indiana and the reality of maybe doing things here in Indianapolis with it being a North American Mission Board Sin City. Uh, we have things that we're wanting to do in Zambia. Uh, that's kind of the vision that I have for the future. And uh, looking at, we have uh, three different groups that uh, have uh, connections to our area churches uh, through service before or staff ministry positions. And then so, uh, which really makes four teams. I know another team uh, there in Zambia that are doing an orphanage. And so those are ways that we want to continue to connect uh, not just think uh, for our area, but to think about a Jerusalem, but a Judea, a Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I like the way you quoted the Bible there. That was good. That was good Bible talk there. I, uh, you know, I've I've read that. It's one of my favorite books, so I, I, I like to add it in as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So kind of on a, a personal level, so outside, this is asking you to kind of zoom out from your role as director of missions now. You and I specifically, Jimmy, grew up in Southeast Texas, but then moved away and came back to Southeast Texas around the same time to serve as pastors. And uh, you obviously, the Lord kind of led you into a a new position about five or six months ago. But uh, for you and I both, the Sabine Natchez Baptist area has been very important in terms of connecting us to other friends in ministry. If it wasn't for the SMBA, you and I wouldn't be friends. And not only do I have the privilege of being your pastor, but you are one of my dearest friends in the world. So because of that, that is just the oh, sweetest thing. There's I, one, there's I one never, solitary che- tear rolling oh down my, my cheek right now. This is the first time I've ever cried on the <laughs> podcast. But what? But in talking t- today about partners in ministry and uh, fellowship and accountability and partnership for the gospel, you've had experience in that personally. Along now, getting to help foster and cultivate that. So what would you say to those who may be listening today who say? And I don't have any friends. I feel like I'm alone in this. How would you encourage them, whether they be in our area? Of course, we've got some advice. Come hang out with us at the SNBA. But what would you give to maybe somebody who's not in our area to try to be able to connect with other friends and brothers and sisters in ministry? 
I would say, uh, you know, you, it's not going to happen uh, by you continuing to sit in your office and kind of ponder those things or, or going home and kind of, you know, kicking the feet up in the lazy boy. It's going to take initiative to uh, get out there, maybe drive to the next church of your denomination, or it doesn't even have to be your denomination, uh, but just kind of pop in and see if the, the, that fellow pastor can, can visit with you, take him out, you know, maybe the first time you take him out for coffee or, uh, you know, just a, a quick hamburger or something like that, and, and just kind of share your heart. Uh, I think that most pastors uh, of, of, you know, various, you know, evangelical denominations are going to be open to the reality that uh, it's, it gets lonely and it gets, uh, it's, it's hard because, uh, you know, there's just things where you want to guard against. Well, I think that there needs to be a comfort with your, your church people. Uh, I think there needs to always be maybe a little bit of a guard to just to be the representative of Christ from the pulpit, uh, but have other people in your life that are doing the same thing that uh, are going to be, you know, hold to accountability, but also a process of uh, uh, reaching out and just showing compassion to that to that need. And I think it's important for us in these kinds of relationships to remember that the thing we are partnering around and building our relationships around is the gospel and the church and Christ because even on this trip Rusty kind of called us out the other night. I wouldn't say called us out. That's probably the wrong word. That's a little harsh. I got called out for calling you out. I so. admit that it was a, that I used the wrong term. But we we came, you know, we had gone out to dinner. We came back to the gym, but we were staying in in Kokomo, and we spent you know an hour or so playing basketball, hanging out. And uh, Rusty kind of felt led to call all eight of us together and just said, you know, we're here together to do ministry. I think it would be wise for us to pray together. And so we sat in a circle and somebody even joked like let's not let this turn into Thursday night at youth camp but he took the initiative to gather us up before we kind of shut it down for the night and say it would be wise for us right now to talk talk about our struggles let's pray for one another and so we did we took turns kind of opening up talking about some things we were dealing with and then prayed for each other and again you know some people kind of said it, it felt like a a Thursday night youth camp setting we held hands and sang friends are friends forever and passed around a ball of yarn talked about why i'm glad we came but it was good it was good to be reminded that we don't just gather around basketball or tv shows or sports or all of these peripheral things in our lives that or the even thing, big important things like calling and pastoring those are good things to gather around but right ultimately it's not about any of that it's about jesus it's about christ so it's a good reminder for for me in that moment to for Rusty to call us out for Rusty to say put your basketball down boys we have <laughs> Papa Rusty's in the house and we about to pray I don't remember that part but you don't remember that's how it that sounded was, in my head that, I don't remember that part nor do I remember the the part where we sang you had left that was that was actually just me and Randy Redke just holding hands well there there was that one part when I fell asleep I think uh, <laughs> it, it might have been when one of the uh, more long-winded guys started praying, but uh, in fact, I might have fell asleep during my prayer, so that might have been what I did. I thought you were just speaking in tongues, so I let it go. So, amen. So, brother Jimmy, before we let you go, we want to ask one last thing: How can ministers in the immediate area, the Sabine Natchez Baptist area, and we know honestly that's probably where the bulk of our listeners are at. How can they connect with the association? How can they get involved? What's the best entry point for a minister, whether it be a bivocational pastor, a vocational pastor, or even a, a lay leader in the church, or a, a volunteer minister? How can they get connected to the work of the SNBA? 
Well, one of the easiest ways for ministers to get connected is on a typical month, on which May and June may not exactly be typical months, but uh, we have a first Monday meeting at 10 o'clock. And so if, if you're a staff member of a church, uh, a ministry staff member of a church, and uh, you'd like to, to join with that time, we meet at 10 o'clock, and then uh, we we uh, eat lunch, and it's a great time together. And so uh, those are opportunities for us uh, to uh, connect, uh, and uh, we we have resources. Shoot me an email, and uh, we we'll 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 meet together, and uh, I'll connect you with other pastors in similar type of churches, similar type of uh, resources, and uh, we would we would love to get y'all connected and let y'all talk about those things together. And I know we've talked a lot about the SMBA. That's because Jimmy is in the room with us, but uh, the church I serve is actually part of another association, the Golden Triangle Baptist Network, and so I'm certain that wherever you live, wherever you're listening from, there is a local association of churches working together, doing bigger things outside of of your congregation, even outside of your area. You know, we mentioned that the SMBA is sending resources to Indiana, also to Zambia, and, and I'm confident that wherever you're at, you can get involved in missions and bigger things outside of your local area. So just, again, it's about being intentional about relationships. Track those people down, track down those opportunities, and then don't just sit around waiting for them to come to you. You go and seek those things out and uh, and find those opportunities for yourself. So Big Jim, as we like to call him since just now when I said it, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for sitting awkwardly in this hotel room in downtown Indianapolis with us as I stare into your eyes. Want me to sing a song to you? No, I'm good. I, I appreciate it. Uh, but Jimmy, I just want to say thank you for giving to the Lord. Well, I would. I am alive. That was changed. We're not doing Ray Bolts. Hey. We're not doing Ray Bolts two weeks in a row. Oh, we got to do it. Hey. Okay, well, you want me? To Let's go do low friends. Or? Let's do friends if we're gonna do a, a duet. We're going home. <laughs> what was that? I went to the course. We're taking this show on the road. I went to the course. Friends are friends forever. Yeah, I got nothing going Even in Indianapolis. So partners in ministry, you need to have friends in ministry, people you can, uh, co-labors to come alongside you and work for the ministry of the kingdom, even outside the walls of your church. So we want to just encourage you to find that and plug into that. Another one of those resources is as goofy as this podcast is, we want to be a resource for you. So you can connect with us at uh, literally on Twitter at Hour a Week Pod. You can email us at our a week podcast at gmail.com look for us on facebook at one hour a week podcast follow rusty at bro rusty mont follow jared hollyer at jared hollyer you're right rusty and follow brother jimmy at at jimmy neal with an i e jimmy j-i-m-m-i-e-n-e-e-l so at jimmy so both names are spelled wrong very good. Well, we are so thankful to have you, Brother Jimmy. Thanks Jimmy. for hanging out with us. I want to say thank you for letting me come on. And, and I apologize to any potential future guests that they would have had because they're probably not going to do this after tonight. So uh, we thank you. No, the way I look at it, we can have anybody we want because the bar has been set so low. That's, that's it's only an upgrade. And I say that because Jimmy is a good friend in and out of ministry. He's a good friend to me and Rusty. Well, till then. So I, 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 it was good while it lasted. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, talk to you next week. We love you. Drop the mic.